We've had to use the backup recording for this show, and the sound is not that great. You can skip it and go to the next one, or give it a listen if your ears can handle it. Turn those mics back up. Hell yeah. Is this working? Is this thing on? Yeah, it is. There we go. I see. There we go. All right, we're rolling. Yay! Yay! I don't have much to talk about. What do you have to talk about? Uh, um, cool. Be... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about that on the show, even on the post show, so not that. Um, Let's see what the Oscars are doing, huh? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. All right. Inside Out wins the best animated feature. Okay. I would have thought Anomalisa would have won. I'm not sure what that is. It's an animated Uh, Well, I assumed assumed (laughs) that much. Um, Hmm. Ex Machina won for visual effects. I haven't seen that yet. I need to check that out. I said it should say Ex Machina. That's how it's called. Uh, I should probably look for it instead of looking on Twitter. I should look at the, um, <laughs> the actual list. <laughs> of course, I could probably get it from, yeah. <clears throat> Apparently, Mad Max Free Your Road has been getting a lot of carbon. I started to watch Mad Max, and uh, I watched like five minutes of it, and I was like, I don't, I have no oh, really? interest okay. in watching this at all. Maybe I should watch it for longer. Uh, I didn't care for. The original, I don't know, I, I just, some reason, and and maybe, you know, like, so I love, you know, you, we've said it before, you know, I'm, I'm a fool for anything post-apocalypse, right. but I don't know, the mad, you know, like the desert apocalypse type thing doesn't work for me for some reason, uh, especially with the, like the over-the-top characters you get in Mad Max type uh-huh. um, shows, you know. I know that it's a beautiful day has become some sort of like rallying cry because that was part of it. Um, I don't remember that part, but you know, it's but I don't know the just the pacing on the show, the 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 way it was edited. I just that was re- it was really good. I just thought that really really worked for me. All right, so let's see if I can go through this. Spotlight wins best original screenplay, so that's the. Um, so the best original screenplay to me is the award that has the most gravitas, if you will, because that, that, that's the one that doesn't feel as manipulated as, say, Best Picture. Okay. Uh, like Pulp Fiction won Best Original Screenplay that year. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the generally Best Original Screenplay is is uh, one of the more deserving of the Oscars. Uh, Big Short wins Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay, didn't watch the big short, but uh, I've, I've heard it was decent. I heard it was really good, actually. It opened the same weekend as Star Wars. That's about all I know about it. Um, <laughs> best supporting actress was Alicia Vikander from The Danish Girl. The Danish Girl was about it was Eddie Redmayne is about the first person who had uh, transgender surgery. Okay. Mad Max Fury Road wins Best Costume Design. 
Mad Max Fury Road wins Best Production Design. Mad Max Fury Road wins Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The Revenant wins for Best Cinematography. Emmanuel Lubisky. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm sure, great for people to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Who are already, you know, two weeks ago. This, this is the mm-hmm. Oscars, but whatever. Uh, the push is not going to get any better. No. Uh, not tonight. No, we, we're, we're, we're flailing. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road wins Best Film Editing. I, like I said, I think the editing was really well done. It and really also won best sound editing and best sound mixing. Six already. It put me. I mean, like I said, it really pulled me into the movie. Uh, give it another. I mean, right. I'll give another shot. Another shot. How far did you get? Five minutes, you said. Yeah. I, yeah, you need to wait until. I'm, I'm just like oh, you gotta God. wait till they get out on Fury Road. <laughs> you didn't get that far. Just like because I was just like, oh God, no! I did for whatever it was. You know, you know how it is sometimes when it's just. You're just not into it at the time, mm-hmm. even yeah. though you might be into it later. You're just like not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I would I wouldn't have watched it if I didn't hear mm. Doug Benson or whoever you know talk about it like so positively. So I put it on, and yeah, you need to wait until they head out on the on the road because I mean that's where yeah that's where it gets good. Okay. Yeah, you know, so that's probably twenty minutes in or so. All right, I'll give it more time. It. I do have this thing where I want the film to grab me somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but not every film does that. I, I agree. But at the time, I was like, all right. I, I, I had other things in my queue that I was more interested in. Right. But, I mean, there have been things that have not grabbed me until it reaches a point where you're like, oh, this suddenly became, this suddenly is actually really interesting, which I hadn't seen before. Right. I'm trying to think what I've been... Watching, watching billions, it's pretty good. It has Damian Lewis and uh-huh. Paul Giamatti in it. Um, it's just, it's good characters, you know, and uh, that you know there are uh, um, better call Saul, better call Saul. Oh my God, Squat Cobbler, <laughs> Boston Cream Splat, Boston Cream Splat. Full Moon Moon Pie. <laughs> I was so good. I mean that, that that scene was I've watched that scene like like five times. Really? I did because there's different ways to look at it, right? I mean you, you watch it for the first time and you're like, oh that's funny. And then watch it again, I'm like, okay, so Saul is playing the con, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, Oh, you don't wanna you know, like I'm not gonna tell you. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna indulge you. Right. Oh, I'm not gonna tell you, you know. And just watching how he transitions through that and just doles it out and reels them in, you know, really good. Mm-hmm. I just, I just thought the writing for that scene was super duper. Yeah, Better Call Saul is, is about a con man. I mean, it, it, it it's it's a con man's journey, really, and, mm-hmm. and so it's. It's fun to watch those things happen, which you know, Breaking Bad was was not. But the the cool thing is how you can totally see this taking place in the Breaking Bad universe, and it being a different story that works the same. I mean, they just it, cross paths later on. Yeah, yeah they, it doesn't it it doesn't hurt Breaking Bad at all. It doesn't hurt Better Call Saul at all that that Breaking Bad exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are different shows. They. They're about different things, but they both work, and so that makes it very, 
it's really cool to to be able to do that. Well, sure. I mean, so Saul Goodman was comic relief mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad, where Better Call Saul, you know, is generally more comedic throughout, right? Not nearly as dark. And, and you know, we got a, I got a whole bonus, right? We get to see a lot of the development of Mike Ehrman Trout too, mm-hmm. right? And wasn't really expecting to get that much yeah. Mike in the show. <laughs> and the stupid ass um, pharmaceutical drug yeah. killer, all the characters, you know, God... the anti Walter White. It's sort of like they're they're showing what Walter White uh, could have been. I didn't think he... of that. I'm saying, God bless that actor for letting him be portrayed as such an idiot. You know, <laughs> like like going through yeah. with it. Well, I mean. That that's a sign of a good act, or at least a, a good character actor is they're right. willing they're, they're willing to to debase themselves for the character because mm-hmm. you do associate oh, because characters. oh man he just let the character be such a dumbass yeah it's, it, oh it's such it was such a fun episode but it is interesting how he is the anti Walter White right he is, yeah he yeah. is uh, someone who is not smart but jumping into the same sort of thing but not without ever really thinking about it, and without having any of the luck that Walter White had, <laughs> which was big. Right. I mean, he got a pizza up on his roof in the first try. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... <laughs> uh... still you still morally flexible? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it, I didn't like, the other thing I didn't like about it is I didn't like how, you know, um, Jimmy was like getting on the team, you know, the law, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the good law team. And then his brother walks into the room and it just spoils him again. I get what they're trying to say. It just like, I, I just didn't, well, I it mean, seemed, it seemed like a crutch. It seemed a little too easy to get him to flip you know for that i i don't know i just didn't really really like that development well i i I think from my perspective it wasn't so much that he was he he was just doing he was he he was a good guy until his brother walked in then he decided to flip it was more like he was playing the game and his brother walks in and he realized he has to be a lot more careful now Uh because his brother knows his tells, his brother knows his shtick, and his brother will call him out if he's not really careful. So he has to play the game a lot more closer to the vest. Okay. But, I mean, he was still doing good work, right? I mean, it, it, so it's, well, not like, it's not like he's conning... The law firm he's working for. Well, being a con man is still work, right? I mean, right. you, you got to still mean, do stuff. Right, right. But, I mean, it seems like... Kind of like... Uh, was, that, was there a conversation that he had where, you know... I'm trying to remember now. I, I see what you're saying. It makes a good point. It, just the way you said it makes it sound like that he was skating by. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I took it he was really working on this case. He really wants these old people to get their, you know, their due, you know, recompense. I, I think it's more like he's 
he's a good lawyer in general. He sees these things and he's able to define them and other people can't. Mm-hmm. So like that's always been Saul Goodman is even though he's a creep and 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 a, crim, a criminal lawyer, he's a good criminal lawyer. So he was able to find these things. Um, but at the same time, like you saw him getting close to, to the, the boss by, you know, complimenting on the uh, guitar and things like that. And he's just throwing out these things that he sees, which because he's a good lawyer, he sees. But at the same time, he, you know, he's being very gregarious and open. He's working the, the firm. Right. He's working. And then as soon as his brother stops in, he stops working. The firm. He stops. Yeah. He, he, he collapses. All right. I can't, I can't play my game when he's in the room. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, so he's not necessarily conning the firm, but he's using his con man skills to endear himself, right. to get closer to his colleagues. And when his brother walks in the room, he's worried about his brother calling him out for using his skills mm-hmm. in that way. Okay. I didn't quite see it that way, but it, it definitely makes sense. It definitely fits together. I wonder when we're going to see Huel. I wonder when Huel's going to get on the show. <laughs> I hope there's a Huel this season. That'd that be would, great. I mean, I don't know. It feels like it's a, it's a slower burn than that, right? It feels like... He's got to come in sometime, though. Right. He has to turn to Saul Goodman at some point. He has to... Oh, yeah, that. but, I mean, yeah. you know, he met Mike. They're not working together. You know, mm. well, they are, but they're not... It's not the relationship that yeah. happened later right. on. And... Um, However, Mike did throw the whole Tuco thing, you know, out there. Do you know the story of Mike, how they almost didn't have Mike? No. So it was supposed to be... So Mike was the guy who found um, Kristen Ritter dead at the, uh, in the end of the second season. He found the end of that uh, thing, and he got Jesse out of there. Okay. Uh, and at the time they wanted it to be Saul, but they couldn't get him, so they just had it be okay. a hired hand of Saul. And he was had such a screen presence that they decided to keep him around. Oh, that, that's you know fortuitous. I mean, yeah, it's very he's fortuitous. A great character, always has been, and um, like I said, so good how he's a major character in Better Call Saul. You get to see more of my German trial. It's funny though, you know, like. Like especially this season, Jonathan Banks looks old. Like, you know, it's a prequel, right? But he yeah. looks so old. He's an old guy. I know he's an old guy, but he looks so old. He looks older, like so much older this season than last season. <laughs> We're all going to be old soon. So. <laughs> we already are old. I'm nearly 40. We'll be 40 this year. Yeah, I know. You know, because you will be too. <laughs> Some of the pictures I was scanning today were my dad's 40th birthday party. And I can't believe how like little gray hair he had uh-huh. at the time compared to what I have right now. You know, I mean, you have some... I got some in the beard, I got chin. some on the side. If you look close, I'm getting a lot... Like, like it's starting to... Spreading. And like, I saw this picture of my dad, like, hey, they didn't have a gray hair. I'm like, huh. Okay. Well... Doesn't bother me. Time marches on; it's relentless, yeah. but um, but we're here, so we should enjoy that fact. Yeah, there's no sense in 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 worrying about the end because 
we got to be alive in the first place, like I said before. I mean, yeah, you're alive, you're guaranteed that you're going to die, right? That that's, that's the end. But you weren't guaranteed to be alive in the first place. You weren't guaranteed to ever get that. And you got that. So, right. Um, you know, I said that to my parents. You know, they are in their seventies now. You know, but my father just just recently hit seventy, and and uh, and he said, you know, can you believe it? I said, well, yeah, because I'm forty, so that you know, <laughs> that makes sense. And there's and yeah, I guess it does. And that was my point. It was like, you know, don't, you can't look at like, you know, ooh, it's a, you know, it's going to end. So yeah, it's going to end at some point, but um, they had 70 years. You know, I've had 40 years so far. Mm-hmm. What else is going to come down the line? More stuff than I've, that, than I can imagine probably. Including a Trump presidency. <laughs> Yay! Which, while I feel will be uh, a disaster, I don't feel it will be an epic disaster. Yeah, you gotta look at, like, how bad can it actually be? Yeah. You know, there's some governors there that keeps it from Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's there's always a separation of powers. There's always that stuff to keep things from going, you know, fucking nuts. And you just gotta assume that will continue to occur because there's no... Everyone, everyone predicts the end of the world. Everyone's always well, wrong. Well, I, I fully expect that the day after the election, Trump's going to be a different person, right? He's, uh, he's probably going to be a different person in the general election if he gets in yeah, yeah, probably. But, I mean, like, more and more, it just feels like he's playing a reality show. And that would and, make sense. He is a reality show character, basically. Well, and, and the people that, you know, ratings or votes, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's playing the electorate you know mm-hmm. he's he's playing it up to the electorate you know yeah i don't think anyone anyone serious believes that he has these views he's he's yes. just the thing is most people don't he is entirely flexible he i don't know whether he has views or not he's just he's totally flexible to the point where he will he will he will announce a view <laughs> just because it's popular yeah so what you have to just hope is that you know presidents aren't all powerful they aren't dictators then they have people behind the scenes that do stuff so you just hope that they no i hear you it just seems like you know i expect that the god forbid if trump gets elected (laughs) but the the president trump is not going to be this lunatic that's right. campaigning right now. Right, yeah. I mean, President Trump will not destroy the republic. I think that we should... He's not going to build a wall <laughs> and make Mexico pay for it. Right. Well, you, and have you heard his ways of... His, his way of describing how Mexico will pay for it? Because it, it's always... I'm surprised like, he described it. I would have figured he would just... His way of saying is, we have this X million dollar trade deficit with Mexico right now. That's his way of saying how he puts to pay for the wall. So in other words, his idea is if he changes the trade deficit, then it's like Mexico paying for a $14 billion wall if he change, if he gets it $14 billion in our direction. That's what I'm following from him, which doesn't make sense at all. But How are you going to flip that? <laughs> but so that, that's where he, so he's, 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 he's relying on what a businessman would, creative accounting. 
uh, and that enough people still will just listen to him. And if he's following the Reagan template, which is that, yeah, enough people will listen to you, even if you're just some uh, bumfuck actor. If you have enough charisma, people mm-hmm. will follow you. Yeah, it's just... It's... And, like, venerate you. I know. It's just crazy how he is, like... Yeah, it'd be great to see after the primaries how he... Or once, he, you know, if he gets locked up, how he changes to get more moderate. But, I mean, he is just going for the wing nuts right now. I mean... What it, I mean, well, I mean, like you and said, and like, he's no, going for the white people. Well, you know, he's he's going for he's going for the white people. But you know, he's the people who are proud of being white. Yeah, that's one way to put it. And and that's uh, and, and that means that you're hitting with that. There's a decent cross section, at least, with people who are. Every time he's asked about, you know, policy, he deflects. But, but, you know, like, yeah, of course. But I'm saying, like, okay, so he's hitting very specifically the people who are proud of being white. But that means that he will probably, the cross section is large enough that you will hit people who are proud and happen to be, not necessarily proud of being white, mm-hmm. but they are proud people, proud of themselves for whatever reason, and they are white. There are a lot of those in America. Did you see that David Duke endorsed them? Yes, yes, I did. And I guess but, he played. I'm, but David Duke probably endorsed played, Romney too. I guess I mean, he like played dumb and like pretended he didn't even yeah, know yeah. who David Duke was. Right, right. He did. This. Well, he does. It doesn't matter what he does. That's I know. The thing that, I know, that, but yeah, it's I mean, gotten to the point where it doesn't matter. You know, you can't, you can't defeat Trump by. Pointing Facts. out by pointing out things that that he's said, uh, I I don't know that, that there is a viable method. I'm sure there is one, but I don't know that it's been found yet. The viable method of of countering Trump's uh, thing because all of media and all of sort of politics has been built around this idea that that you um, that you're. <laughs> I mean, Trump is doing attack, 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 attack. And it's built around the idea that people go on defensive sometimes, and therefore that's where you get them. Trump is not allowing that to work because he's never going on the defensive. He's always attacking. How many people died this week in mass shootings? Too fucking many. In America alone. Too fucking many. And it's like not making big news yeah that's, you know, that's... I'm, the, I'm the pro-gun guy and it makes me sick there today we accept it we Dayton, accept ohio it. today something happened a pastor a priest was shot and killed in a church by his brother during mass yesterday like what seven people died in kansas or friday or First Friday, that guy got served with a protection protection from abuse and shot shot up seven people and mm-hmm. injured like fifteen more. Until, I mean, I, I've been extreme about this, but by saying like gun should be banned, but realistically, I don't think it should happen. But I think that until until we have a significant number of people who agree that gun use should be curtailed in some extent. This will continue to happen because it just means that the the implements of mass murder are simply easier to get. And 
accepted to have. It, 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 it's like, imagine if you go to the corner store and just buy cyanide. Maybe it has a use. It probably does. Industrial cyanide or something probably has a use in certain cases. But Making meth? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but... but <laughs> Like imagine if you could just do that, and, and 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 to the point where like it was distributed in ways you could sprinkle it on like salads, like salad bars and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was how it was given out to people, right? And it was just well, people should have cyanide, and you know people should have the right to have cyanide. And just because there are some crazies who will go to the salad bar and, and pour it doesn't mean that we shouldn't. That's uh, that's a pretty good argument, I think. <laughs> um, I j- Stop fucking shooting people. <laughs> Assholes. Again, it's a, it's not the, um, the piles of dead bodies are making me reconsider my uh, position. It's not the responsible gun deal, gun owners who are the problem, but in some ways it is because they're the ones who are saying everybody should have access, and everybody means that 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 then. Irresponsible gun owners have access as well. Here, check out this email. I think it's legit. Google just sent you four thousand three hundred dollars. You click the link. What if you can make Google pay? What if you can make Google pay you between eighteen hundred to forty three hundred dollars every day? Would you take it? Yes, of course you would. Then there's a link. Don't click that link. Yeah, there are over one thousand members who get daily payments of at least eighteen hundred dollars. What about you? Well, I'm not going to follow this link. <laughs> On my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, spam. <laughs> Google just sent you $4,300. This is legit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Fucking guns. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it, the, it, it's, it's similar. It reminds me of the religion argument in the sense that there's the argument that people make that the people say moderate religions aren't like the crazy people but the argument is that well the moderate religions provide cover for the crazy people and the same thing can apply to guns moderate gun people aren't the problem i agree but by them saying that everybody should have every anybody should have every right to get a gun they're providing cover for the fact that that means unstable people have access to guns too Instead of saying that, that there should be a certain amount of education and requirements to to get access to firearms, you're saying everybody should have firearms with no restriction. Well, that leads to this sort of thing. Did you see um, the Apple reply to the Justice, Department of Justice? No, I haven't really been following because I think they're both kind of bullshitting each other. I, I, I don't well, know. What... I, like we said, like I, what I said last week, and it stills down to is. Apple needs to do this so either the Supreme Court or Congress can yeah. figure out what needs to be done, what the law of the land is. They, it's their duty to fight this so there can be a law, right, instead of just setting precedents. Uh, but part of their argument, in their 300-page argument, was it infringes their freedom of speech because um, code, software code, has been classified as speech previously. And this would be the government forcing them to make speech that they don't agree with and don't want to do. That's a very technical argument that might actually work on some level. But, it, it, I mean, it, it passes the, it doesn't pass a smell test. 
but it may pass a very technical mm-hmm. reading of the law test. Right. It was interesting. I didn't expect yeah. that to be part of their argument. But the beauty of, of, the, of the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court can, can just say, well, okay, yeah, it passes these certain things, but it doesn't pass a smell test, so... Right. Yeah. The um, And then I saw another story that Apple... No details, really, but Apple was working on other changes that would make these these changes ineffective you know mm-hmm. so yeah, like yeah. like i would expect the next version of the iphone to have a longer hardware delay that you can't get around for brute forcing because there's a hardware delay of 83 milliseconds and then either or or maybe the soft the software delays 83 milliseconds and the fbi wants that 83 milliseconds mm-hmm. removed um you could imagine that in the hardware they would just bake it in so you can't bypass. You could, but I mean, there there, there was a thing about, there was recently a, an, another Apple thing that was a consumer-related thing, but it had to do with some people had repaired their mm-hmm. phones oh, Era 53. and the Era 53 happened. And yeah, Apple was saying, well, yeah, it's part of the hardware. And then... Well, actually, did you see what the result was? Well, the result... What what do you mean? So Air fifty three was never supposed to make it out into the wild. It was a factory thing mm-hmm. for when they were building the phones. If there was a problem with the touch ID sensor, the phone would get an error fifty three in the factory. They claim they never intended that to do what it did, where when people were getting their t- their home buttons replaced. So what was happening was people would either wear out or damage their home button, mm-hmm. water damage, something like that. They'd go to a, a third party repair place. Lots of places, especially outside the United States, you can't get Apple authorized or Apple, not not just authorized, but Apple official OEM replacements. And so these people knew that Touch ID would no longer work on their phone. The home button, they just, but they have a home button that works. That's more important than not having a home button that works. But then when they updated their software, they got an error 53, their phone was useless. And um, Apple came back and said pretty quickly, they pushed a new software release that doesn't enforce this Air 53. Well, no, for the, at and, first they were saying, no, this is the Apple's first response was, yeah, th- this is a, okay. this is a security like, restriction and, well, and, and we can't do anything about it as part of the hardware. Well, they changed the story. And then they changed, yeah, and then they changed their mind. So they can change their mind about this too. Yeah. And they can change their mind about any hardware update they, they make. And that's my point mm-hmm. is that they could, I understand why they want to change this because they don't want to be part of this conversation anymore. It doesn't help them to have to be part of a legal battle like this. Well, I mean, that's what they did in Iowa with the default encryption and stuff like that. They didn't want to be the guy that was brute forcing phones or like people. And they're doing ideally. They now they're in it more than ever. They're they're doing things to uh, harden iCloud. So, like, they can't give backups to the FBI, you know. They just basically are using technology and encryption to kind of get out of that business. You know, part of, you know it's, it's, it's a marketing thing, business thing. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to know, you know, like, it's interesting because when, you know, Tim Cook took over, he seemed pretty milk toast. He didn't seem like he had much charisma or anything, but he seems like he really... Privacy is his thing, you know. It seems like he like I've never I, I, really I, I saw just don't know so similar to Trump whether you can say that's Tim Cook who's doing that or that's his advisor who's doing yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it could be, but I mean, 
when I say Tim Cook, I don't mean that guy personally, but I mean, you mean the his, administration. Yeah, his administration yeah. and uh, hanging out on privacy, um, where you know for the first couple years of his uh, stint as CEO, he was pretty boring. You know, pretty milk toast. Never was not Steve Jobs. And uh, but now he's he's definitely making a name for himself. You know, Steve Jobs was kind of like Trump, an asshole, yeah, <laughs> an asshole who just insisted that things were the way they were, and people believed him because they wanted to, not because yeah. it was true, but because they wanted to. Yeah. And we venerated him in the movie, and pop culture turned around and said, "This is the guy who went. This is the guy who we went in charge of things." And guess what happens? <laughs> I guess. And what I'm my big argument is that let it happen. Because the worst you can do is try to fight change. Never works. It's a tidal wave. Accept it. Oh boy, it's going to be an interesting four years. <laughs> it will be. <sighs> May you live in interesting times. I think that's enough for uh, for a pre-show. Yet. For post-show, we had nothing to talk about. Yeah. We, we did a good job. <laughs> yeah, we did a passable adequate job. job. Adequate, yes. 100% adequate. My boss, Brian's leaving to go to Uber. Uber? Uber, ATC, yeah. 